Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. That's Nick. You can find us at the HyperClean Specialist Group. That's actually a great place to go because we're going to be talking about something that we discussed inside of the group. So it's really fun to interact inside the podcast, inside the HyperClean Specialist Group. So Nick, buy and sell, man. You buying, you selling, what you got? Uh, I think I want to buy today. I, I have to... When you go to a place that gets it, because you go to so many places that don't, right? Like you, you just have, I wouldn't even say bad service, just not thinking about it. I mean, think about what's going on in the airline industry right now. Evidently they're paying people five and $10,000 to get off of flights because they're overbooked. I always find it fascinating that when people are getting word of like, Hey, the airports are as bad as they've ever been. And then they still are going to go like on a simple trip. They're like, oh, I just want to go visit so-and-so for no reason. I'm like, have you not seen the news? And they go and they have a big problem. So we went to, uh, on Friday night, we went to this Chinese restaurant near my house. I like Chinese food. It's all right. Yeah. Dude, service was off the hook. Like, all right. What's your dish though, man? What do you like? I mean, when it's Chinese, are you like, you know that Captain Tao's chicken or whatever. Uh, General Tso's, no. I'm, yeah, General Tso's. I'm, 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 I'm not one of those guys. I'm like, uh, there's this thing called salt and pepper wings, which a lot of people right. ha have never probably ordered them, but they come with like garlic and a bunch of spicy chilies, and they're kind of deep fried. That's probably my first one. But then I do like a shrimp lo mein dish where I have them make it super spicy. So that, those are probably my two favorite. But I, I like beef and broccoli. I like it all. So I, I'm not really the right guy to ask. I can just eat all of it. Just eat so, it all. Yeah. No, but we had this waitress, you know, hardly sp spoken English. But, we, you know, we've gone there before. And just like nobody ever talks about great service anymore. So that's why I want to buy it because it does exist. And when you have it, you're just like, wow, this is, I'm glad we came here because there's so many times everybody talks about the negative. You know, I will say this, when you have good spots, you like to go and they know how to act and they know how to treat you and everything's good. It's like, it does make it better. So it I got to give a shout out to them. Whatever you do, don't go to Jackson, Mississippi, if you hope to. to have yeah, that. Marty made that clear. We have no fans in Jackson, Mississippi, because Marty wanted to tell his story. <laughs> There's not one bottle of HyperClean in Jackson, Mississippi, I can tell you that. There's not. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm buying also. We're, I guess we're just buying all around. Uh, I, it, was, it was a fun little weekend. All right, so I'm drinking today. A couple of beers from Great Divide. Uh, this is a traditional farmhouse ale. Pretty decent. Not bad. Uh, farmhouse ales, though, just never, I don't know, it's sort of like that average kind of beer. I don't know. It's just never really tucked to my palate. But then I'll also be having a, uh, which are fun, which is, did you ever used to have a roadie back in the day? Uh, a road soda? <laughs> yeah, I've had a few. One for the ditch. 
Yeah. So they called their beer roadie. And I was like, that's a great name, right? Yeah, it's like, probably not something to celebrate, but yeah, I get it. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't take a little roadie even to a soccer game, you know? Uh I <laughs> so we uh I need a hundred of them at a soccer game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm buying uh and this is a little bit different, but I I'm buying pressure and I'm buying it based off of being at that soccer game, having a roadie, right? It's interesting to watch kids as well as in you even can watch it in the NBA finals with when pressure comes on somebody, what do they do? Does the kid who used to, I mean, this kid is one of the, our top players, right? I mean, it's short bus top though, right? Like we've already established that, but he used to at least dribble down a little bit further. Now, as soon as somebody comes up to him, he wants to do this move or like just kick it. Like he's three feet off the half line and he's kicking it, trying to score like all good kid. No worries. It just, once pressure came on, I went, God, it is true because pressure in the NBA finals there's and anybody that's on Instagram right now, you're seeing, and you follow reels and anytime a basketball, I see this one of Steve Kerr going, that's twice like back to back flops. Like the kid, the, the, the kids that as soon as pressure came on to them, they would fold. Right. Like, yep. so it's not just the kids that are young and recreational soccer. It goes all the way up that there's part of people that once pressure hits, they fold or they change. Yeah. It's like, if you would have just kept dribbling, I bet you, you would have out got, you know, you, you, you would have gone further than trying to make this move. If you'll take pressure, and this is what's interesting, right? Like the analogy of pressure. And we love this, this is the number one analogy that goes around. Anybody that talks about pressure is cold to a diamond, but it's 100% true. You've got to many times push through the pressure in order to get what you're really wanting. So the reason why I'm buying pressure is because if you can stay inside of the pressure and push through it, wow, it's really everything you ever wanted. So I'm buying pressure. Wow. From road sodas to deep thoughts with Marty. No doubt, man. That's the way we roll. That's the way we roll. <laughs> All right. So another fun thing was right after we got out of the soccer game, we're hopping, you know, we've talked about this. This is my Jeep live. My front doors are permanently off for, listen, we, we all joke about the weather. Everybody's like, it's fucking hot. Like, listen, it's hot here. We get it. It's 105. We got our humidity. You said it's 115 on your back porch. Like right now, everybody's hot. And here we're on a drought. There's no rain coming weeks. Oh, dude, we've been on a drought for like 10 years. So we're, we're. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. So, I don't know. I don't know about the weeks. We're 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 finding bodies at the bottom of Lake Mead here. So it's... <laughs> I literally plan out once we get to this point, we won't see rain for another couple of months on a regular basis, except those random ones, which is when my Jeep gets all the water in it. But my stepson comes out of a soccer game and goes, because my front doors stay off, and he's getting in the back doors, and he goes, well, When do I get my doors off? Hey, I'll go up. Yeah. Right? That's, oh, hell yeah. I, I thought you went all doors off. I didn't realize this was a half-assed maneuver here. Yes. Come on. Why, why have my back off? I don't need my back. I don't sit yeah. in the back. I, don't I understand because the there off. actually shouldn't be four doors on a Jeep. So you're exactly right. It should actually <laughs> absolutely be an afterthought, but we'll continue. So the doors, the back two doors are off now, and hopefully they'll stay off for a while. We don't have rain coming. And listen, Jeep life just elevated 
one step up because now the youngin wants to be Jeep Live, doors off. He, you know, EDM music, we're jamming out, playing. So <laughs> we're having a good time. Teaching them all the wrong things. Hey, this is what a four door Jeep looks like. The one thing I wish I had was I wish I could get out of, but speaking of the rain, has messed up my Jeep so much that I don't have Bluetooth anymore. Oh, I well, yeah. To, I was, was going to share it. I have I was to plug in. Yeah. yeah. So what do I need to do, man? What? <laughs> so ripped apart my BMW because it doesn't have, didn't come up Bluetooth that at that time. And basically took the whole center console apart to went, went behind the, uh, the dash. Uh, there's this little, you know, adapter you got to plug into because there's actually a place to plug into it, it you know, the aftermarket component exists. So you plug into this part uh, of the whole navigation system, you run it. Well, what I did, some people just run it right out the side kind of crudely. And it's like, there's like a wire sticking in between two panels. It looks ridiculous. I took it and I ran it into my uh, middle console. Um, and so now my middle console, I took, it's called tune to air. It's this Bluetooth auxiliary plug so you don't have to have the auxiliary cord into your phone you plug it into the usb and the auxiliary that i put in there and now the tune to air uh goes through the whole system and it connects to your phone so now i don't have to have like my phone plugged into something it actually is a part of the radio so it's like it's just like what they would use basically to have bluetooth connectivity it's just an aftermarket that you got to spend a lot of BS time to put in. Okay. So did you ever used to back in the day when, when you would have the ones that you could tie in, but they would tune to a certain station on your, yeah, your yeah, FM? Yeah. Yeah. So this was, this is kind of the more, this is like the advancement of that. That's what it um, sounded like. Yeah. But the difference is, is that this is basically what it is behind the scenes of your radio. Now, if it's Bluetooth connectivity, they just made it for an aftermarket part. I think the thing was like, I, I don't know. I, I, I forget. It's, it's like three to 500 bucks and you, and you wire this thing up and it just takes time effort. You're scared that you're going to break some of the plastic on your interior. Cause you just figure to yourself, I'm, pl I'm prying this whole center, everything apart. I'm just bound to do, I got, you know, look, I've done this before. My old BMW X5, I completely wired up. And, and so I've messed around with this stuff a lot on a lot of different cars, a couple Lexus LS 400s. I've taken a lot of dashes apart. So I guess now I'm just resigned to the fact this could be either really awesome or I got a few thousand dollars worth of interior parts to go track down. I, I guess I just kind of live with it now. Uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't be so lucky. <laughs> no, I haven't been lucky all the time either. I've broken a lot of interior panels, so door panels, you name it. All right, so we're diving in today at something else that really was fun out of the weekend. For those of you that don't know, my style is if it's time to buy an anniversary gift, we got to buy something that uh, works to clean the carpets because <laughs> we got nasty dogs that, you know how it is, dogs and carpet, they don't mix too well. Well, <laughs> I finally got... You know, I, I've had this old Mighty Light too. I've had it for years and years and years. I used to use it actually to let dealerships have when we were repairing the ones that they were using. Uh, it was our service. So it's been sitting here. It's been sitting here. It was like, you know what? We could have somebody come clean the carpets, but 
boy, it'd make it handy if we could just clean them ourselves real quick whenever we needed to. But geez, I hate to use that little, that little handheld thing. So I bought that big old, you know, that goes with carpet cleaning and finally got it, all the fittings together, got it working this weekend. And boy, howdy, that was, that'll make you gag. You know, those videos where, oh, where yeah, detailers yeah. do their, you know, customer carpets. I don't like, want to see that. Oh yeah. I've been, de- I- I've been detailing too long to see those videos. It's like, dude, leave that to the 20 year olds. I-, I can't keep seeing that. I-, I remember the first time I saw it, it was like, you know, I mean, you go back into the nineties, man, you were spraying some water on some carpets and you were drenching them and all the fittings were leaking. It's leaking. You're spraying. I mean, you remember it was, I mean, it was gnarly. Come on. We also used to, you'd put so much shampoo down then trying to get it all back out. There was times I remember being there with a water hose. Well, hold on. You didn't even really know. You had to learn the hard way by a customer complaining that you needed to get every ounce of shampoo out. That wasn't taught to you. you nobody was like, hey, you got to make sure you get all the shampoo out. It's just when it got crusty and a customer <laughs> came back and says, hey, why is this so crusty? You're like, yeah. oh, damn, I don't think I'm supposed to leave all that shit in there. Yeah, it happens one time and then you. Exactly. Then you- <laughs> That's how you learn, though. But everybody yeah. knows it now. That wasn't instinctual back then. Nope. Everybody can lie about it, but it wasn't. Uh, and the new thing, you know, put, uh, which <laughs> is true, you know, put a, put something on a bonnet or something on a, a, yeah. a dual it's- action and let the carpet, like I get it. That sounds great and all. We just literally just would soak the carpets and I would use literally a water hose in a vacuum half the time working up carpets. But you know, I had fun cleaning the carpets at the house. There's definitely it's always best. I, I, that video of, of the nastiness coming out, I didn't shoot the video, but I had the stepson after I cleaned his and I had him help me, right? Like, here, push the little button, you yeah. know, and, yeah. you know, let me show you what was in your carpets there, buddy. That was a fun yeah. one, right? Yeah. But sure. it got me thinking, which is why I put, uh, I put the photo out on the HyperClean Specialist page. So, you know, everybody go chime in there. I'll read some of the comments, what is fun. I was just asking people, what do they use, right? Like, do you use extractors? Or I know steamers are massively popular, and there's a reason to use a steamer versus an extractor. But there's some people that also strictly just clean. I used to have a guy for years and years and years. He'd be like, hey, man, you got the stuff? But I, oh, you need the aerosol, huh? Like, he cleaned every carpet with aerosol cans that would foam up. Yep. I mean, it yep. worked all the time, and, that and dry it, carpet type thing. And actually, uh, you know, I would say that that was my – that was a transition for me. I was, I, when I, I went to an aerosol, you know, when they got really popular and really good because, remember, extraction, you know, the thing that people don't talk about is they don't always work meaning you're always they're down and you got to get them fixed and this fitting's leaking and i mean that that's kind of the unspoken thing about extraction altogether and sometimes when you got tired of it you carried those aerosol cans in case of emergency and then when you get good with them you're like ah, eh, do i need to use the extractor here let me use the foam i mean that that's kind of how it went uh i mean speaking of leaking i mean there was nothing worse than when they heat up i mean and there's oh. different extractors did you use there's, there's, you know, the typical what people that mighty style, mighty style, I would say is probably the, yeah, the main. So I would that's the, the name thing, you hear the most. They're yeah. all the style. That's well, a, that's you've got every, the inline, right? Like yeah. when you pull the trigger, you got a button that's supposed to be heating it up, and it's an inline heating system. There's a whole nother segment if you haven't seen that they you actually put gallons of water in, and then there's a heating element, and it's it's heating this 
two to three gallon. That's what reservoir. I, that's what I began on. So that's I, what, I that's had the, the reservoir. Yeah. 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 So, and then transition when mighty got big and, you know, so I've had both, but I started on the dump your water in, you know, style, but those things were huge. Those things were like massive when I started. Meaning yeah, size-wise, those were I, huge machines. I remember the first time I, I got an extractor because I didn't start with an extractor. And I yeah, first I when I, I mean, I, meaning was, I didn't start my business with one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I either. started cleaning cars and I didn't have a carpet extractor. Um, and that first one is that a traditional, what, which it's funny, like you see the photos now in some of the groups and stuff like, like, yeah, that was that Bissell was the first thing I got to, you know, like 49, 59 bucks. You know, when I stepped up after two or three of them and spent that, you know, 149, boy, I was, I was happy. Then I finally just go, okay, I really need to just go ahead and bite the bullet. It, it's gotta be bound to make things much faster. And sure. sure enough, mine was some off-brand little, it's almost what Mighty has come out with now, that real small compact one. Yeah. For a mobile detailer, it was perfectly fine. I, I was fine with that. It was like a, what, a one gallon or something? It was real small. Yeah. yeah. No, I, look, they've gone through a lot of iterations now. I mean, the stuff you can get, I see guys, you know, rigging up their shop backs with these aftermarket, you know, uh, things now. And there's all kinds of creative stuff. And look, if you do a lot of that work, get the heated one, get the best one you can afford. That's the best thing. Your best piece of advice you're going to get on an extractor. You get what you pay for when you step up and it starts moving real water in and out like that. It is worth it. If you're in that world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. All right. So here's a technique that's interesting. Dustin Stanley says, uh, if it's heavy stains, it's going to be agitation and using an extractor. But most of the time I've been lucky to blow them out and light scrubbing with APC to remove. Yeah, I, I would say that that's kind of, you know, you, you reference things like enzyme cleaners. We have so many good carpet products now that air, steam, and some elbow grease would be my move before an extractor. I mean, yeah. it's just, that's one, that's one thing that I, I haven't really thought of using much anymore, but I used to do right. Like if, if you've got a, a customer that's just got a little bit of stainage, right? Like maybe they spilt yep. a little coffee or something, spraying a little APC, scrubbing it in yep. and then using air to get it back out now, but you're not, there's the only problem that you're going to say with that, which is what you talked about earlier is if you're using something like an APC and it's solution based and you don't get it out of the fibers and it doesn't get rinsed, out of the fibers, then you do run a chance of those fibers getting a little bit harder. Now, our APC isn't like everybody else's. It's delimaline based. So it's going to be a little bit better on carpets. This is something we would definitely recommend using Revive though, right? Like grab Revive. It's got, it's not going to leave it in. It's not going to mess up any fibers. And then you could use air to go yeah. in and dry it back out. Yeah. So I'll give people like in our maintenance details, one thing we do is we take either an RAPC at like 10 to one or revive whatever guys have, and we'll mist onto a towel or we'll mist lightly onto the carpet where there, you couldn't even rinse it out. If you tried, that's how little you're misting it. Then we'll take a towel and we'll wipe those carpets down before we put lines in them. And you'll be amazed what comes out on that cloth, you know, especially on that driver's side, you know, if you're not doing that in a maintenance detail, you're leaving that carpet susceptible. And our carpet just, 
that's one thing our customers love is that because we stay on top of it, they, you know, with that little trick now notice, I didn't say soaking the carpet just enough. So your towel glides on the carpet is very different than soaking the carpet. You're talking about rinsing it out. When you heavily put some APC down, you got to get it out of the carpet. If you use it as a mist at 10 to one, especially ours does a nice job of cleaning any surface dirt. All right, Bart, uh, Ellie Bout, my bad, Bart, if I mispronounce your name, I'm probably not the first and won't be the last. Steam if light stains, heavy stains, or stain remover followed by an extractor. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. Corey Asher, uh, funny, uh, he puts a photo of a color coat, right? No <laughs> doubt, Corey, absolute. I've shared that story plenty of times. It definitely, when I got into the car wash world, uh, you got plenty more customers that weren't used to a maintenance, regular cleaning. They would only come in for that full detail and their carpets were bad. And there's plenty of times if you got bad carpets, you just, it's been there for years. It's been there years, sir. I, I, I'm not a miracle worker. You've literally, you saw the car when it came in. You've, you've told me yourself that it's been this way for years. Yep. So there's absolutely no way I can get everything out. I, we just had to dye them for you. And we sprayed a little bit of dye on them. Yep. We revamped them back up, refreshed it out. I think you'll be happy with the results. And yeah, yeah carpet dyes. And, and carpet yeah. dye is really big in a lot of worlds. It's big in the dealership world. It's big in the used car, you know, guy buy here, pay here is down the street. It's really big in, in, in classic car restoration and different things like that. And you know, a lot of carpet dyes when guys are trying to win ribbons at prestigious events. Uh, carpet dye is really a lot more prevalent than most people would even think about who haven't been, uh, you know, part of that world in any way. Uh, any of those types of worlds are seen it happen. All right. So my, my plan kind of backfired this weekend because while I'm letting her know about the great results of, that, of the anniversary gift that I got her and, you know, it's twofold. I thought, you know, hey. I mean, I, why wouldn't you also, if you're cleaning a house, why wouldn't you also offer carpet cleaning? And I was like, yeah, it's so weird. Inside that industry, like you either clean houses or you clean carpet. Like yeah. it's almost a specialized thing to clean carpets. And she was like, well, if they need it, I'll just have my husband do it. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, Wait, stop. what'd you let's say? Stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back Look, to Speaking remember? as a representative from HyperClean, Marty cannot take that task on. Okay. We're, we're, we're getting like 60% of what we need now. So I don't need him, you know, over. Yeah, no, I mean, it, you are right though. It's weird. It, it is a very sep separate segregated, but here's the thing. Some people have gotten, you know, around here, I'm sure it's available everywhere. You know, we don't use this chemical and we do this and we, you know, even in that industry, you know, carpet cleaning, you can see, they're going, we don't use toxic chemicals. We don't do this. You know, we leave no residue. We use steam. I mean, everybody's going for their angle and you got to be careful with carpet cleaning, just like in your car. You know, we've shared a story here in Vegas where we ran up to some mold with a new guy that landed some contract at some place. He was running a car wash and they just were drenching carpets. Um, your house, your car, the one thing, the one reason we're out of the extraction business, I hate the liability of, man, you leave a lot of water behind, man. That smell is somewhat permanent. I hate to break it to you. Once your car starts to smell moldy, it's tough to get that out. And you've smelled it, Marty. It's mm -hmm. nobody tried to do something wrong, nobody, but they just didn't pay attention. 
They just didn't realize how much water they were putting down. They're in a hurry. We saw a lot more liability out of it than we saw any benefit personally. All right, so it wasn't just the uh, the chemicals. That is true. Like carpet cleaners do try and specialize even their chemicals, but it was like to me, I go, hmm. I'm sitting there cleaning carpets, going, huh? She's running, starting a business, but not wanting to get into carpet cleaning. Uh, it's curious, like that's weird. And I went, huh? It's kind of like there was people that were getting into business cleaning cars and don't want to touch the interior. They only want to specialize in other things like it it is interesting like the the why wouldn't somebody you don't really do a lot of carpets right like why don't you do carpets because that's that's yeah. kind of odd we we have you know very early on i realized that if if we wanted to go out there to clientele i wanted i wanted to be able to teach them stuff and you know one of the things that's a failure of the detailing world and I know people are going to take offense to this and it's, it's not pointed at anybody. It's just an overall reality of the detailing industry is that when it comes to interiors, we're still in the shape we were in 1998. When I started, we're still in this, let somebody's car get destroyed. And then I'm going to go back and fix it. Oh, uh, the horror stories. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, well, you know, screw doing right by Linda for the five years. She owns the car. Let's just get the car after Linda she was driving around in filth and we'll go and we'll spray it down and we'll get everything clean and whatever. It didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense as a business. High-end people are not going to drive around their car dirty. It was a business opportunity for me. And so we don't really see beat up interiors and it's by design. It's not by luck. And the next part of it is I really don't understand how you build a team that's working on destroyed interiors all day. Marty, paint correction burns guys out. We hear it all the time. I get tired of holding the polish or whatever. That sounds great. Tell me one service that will burn your team members faster than dirty, nasty, grimy interiors. Doesn't well, exist. Listen, every rookie person that comes into most systems usually is going to be cleaning rims. Because people are tired of cleaning rims. And then, yeah, carpets. Carpets. And, and again, if vacuuming. it was great to do, all your experienced guys would be like, hey, let, I'm going to do it. So anything that's labeled grunt work, you already know it's not fun. And mm -hmm. so what's going to burn your team members out the fastest? The grunt work. Yeah. The stuff that, that's just grimy. And, and think about well, it right? from this e e Even on like yeah. maintenance stuff, right? It's always the carpets. The lowest person on the totem pole yep. always starts at the carpets. Yeah. And, and so if you look at, you know, my thought process, not to say that it's right or wrong, there's a plenty of people that make a crap ton of money cleaning dirty interiors. They hire and fire at a level that most people are just unwilling to do. Like they'll be, they'll fire 10 people a week and bring 10 new ones on every week for the rest of their life. Why? Well, I mean, do you want to sit in someone's filth and clean it up all day? And and here's the thing, you know, you're talking about uh, having a, a house cleaning business. Well, what kind of client do you want? The one that calls you when it's a disaster or the one that pays you every week to make sure that their house is maintained? Oh, yeah. She's there weekly or bi-weekly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and look, this is what so many guys, I think when they're getting started and they're starting to build their team that they never think about. What are the things that burn my team? It's all the stuff you hate as an owner. 
Let's be very clear about it. Like that's what burns your team out. So if you're making money in this business of cleaning up destroyed interiors, it's all good. Just know the game you're in. You're going to be hiring and firing like no other because people are just going to hate doing that work. Nobody wants to sit inside a hot car, even in the shop. You know how hot it gets in an interior. It could be perfect climate controlled. You get an interior man and you're moving and you're shaking and you're bending down and you're crowd. I mean, you're just so hot and sweaty. It doesn't matter where you're doing it. Take that to a mobile setting. It's a thousand times worse. So I just think it's a failure of all of The back end of the suburban, the back end of the, oh, that's the worst, man. Yeah, because like, it, when it's when it's hot out like now and you're just you know, you've got to go and you will just I just need some air, just some air movement. Like yeah. that's the problem with here. Sometimes it's not so much the heat. It's the lack of air. Yeah. So yeah, the weird you, thing is I made this and I do tell all my customers this once it reaches a certain temperature, we're going to have your car on the whole time. I don't care if gas is ten dollars a gallon like, you know. We're, 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 I'm not, guys are not going to sit inside of a, you know, and die in your car. Like that's, that's not happening. So turn the car on, turn the AC on. It's like, better to have that air movement in your car. The full time? Full time. Well, I mean, obviously when we hit the exterior, that's not the case, but here's also the other thing we found. If you have to spend a long time on the interior, I know tinters listening to this are going to know, know the pain of this. Sometimes when you keep the doors open and the car's not on, you'll run the battery down with some cars. So the reality is the way I sell it is, Hey, with all these modern bells and whistles, when your doors are open, it's not a positive. You should want your doors closed. You should want the AC on. You should, you know, that's going to keep your battery charged. I've never had an argument about it. I mean, when you say to somebody, it's a hundred degrees, what would you do? They seem to go, I'd have the AC on great zip. It's on. It's, it's about how you frame the conversation. I know a lot of people don't pick up on that, but when you frame the conversation with customers and they're reasonable people, they don't care that the car is going to be on for 12 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever the case may be. They really don't care. Um, if they do care, you might want to think about finding new clients. Now, I'm not saying today, but you might want to work away from those clients and try to find the other clients. But we don't do it, Marty. Uh, we carry steamers. Uh, again, not for disinfecting, which we've educated on this for a lot. And I've, I've repeated it a lot. Uh, but it's a great cleaner. You take Revive, uh, you take our scrub monster that's coming out, you know, you scrub a steering wheel and then you have some steam at the end to kind of help all that stuff. I mean, it's hard to get a wheel that clean without steam, uh, especially if you're dealing with a lot of grime. And so the interesting part of this is I wouldn't be running to extraction. I know a lot of, and by the way, if you're not charging a lot of money, that means you can't pay your people a lot of money to do it. So surefire way to burn them out is you can't pay for it. So I, I see it as a big loss for the customer, a big loss for the detailer and a big loss for their staff. That's, that's the way I viewed it. Yeah. And I, it makes sense because it's, there's a massive amount. I don't want to say a massive, there was a few people though, that had a massive voice. Let's just say that they were some of the loudest spoken over the past years about they were only to go in one direction. They were going to, Punt interiors on yeah that that's silly i mean uh, come on i'm not saying punt interior we clean interiors all day every day it's a very different thing of taking a medium to light soiled vehicle bringing it back to life and being in neglected trash bins all day 
And again, just like we do in detailing, we don't want to have a convert, you know, well, I'm just a paint correction specialist. Well, okay. I mean, there's also people that don't, you know, don't actually know how to polish that well that went that route. So to me, you shouldn't punt interiors. You should get your clients addicted to super clean interiors so they never let it get neglected, which is which is exactly the route we went. So how do we do that, right? Like I listen, most people that don't understand maintenance, they they're kind of confused by that because I can't control what a customer brings me. Sure. But how do you sell them a first service in the first place? You have to sell them. At some point, your belief system and what you're selling to your customer has to be told to your customer, right? So you have no problem getting them in for this XYZ detail. So I've heard this argument before that, you know, well, you know, my, my customer didn't want me to maintain their ceramic coating. I've never had one of them say that. Matter of fact, just booked, booked an Audi Q8 where the guy asked me on the phone after booking it, how do I keep it maintained after I pay all this money? New customer, new phone call, didn't know him. Doesn't know me from Adam, doesn't know anything, but he inherently knows, Hey, I'm going to spend X number of dollars. Uh, I got this. It's a magic how they kind of know. So what I find from people that struggle to say, sell maintenance or sell people on coming to them once a month or coming quarterly or whatever it is you're doing for your maintenance style of your business, they just don't talk about it very much where with me, it's constant. You want to ride around in a dirty car? You've heard my spiel. I mean, and here's the great craziest thing. So let me walk you through. And I think most detailers would agree with this. Maybe not. Marty, your cleanest customers are usually your richest guys, not the richest women. Most of the cleanest people are men in their cars. Okay. So very early on, I realized I got to get the wives on board to really build my business. Well, the thing that most people never told me about is the wives are the ones that have their makeup in their car. They got a billion bags in the car. They're the dirtiest in the car. Okay. Nobody really talks about it, but that's the fact. When I started cleaning the, the, the wives cars, we would take an extra five to 10 minutes when I started my company and we would get everything. We wouldn't miss a thing. So every time a wife got in the car, it was like, you know, you know, the little mirror, you know, what most detailers miss is the mirror on the wife's car, which they use all the time. So it's always fingered up. So when they slid that mirror, flipped the mirror, it was always clean. We all, that's what we did. And on you know the visor. Big, yeah. So everybody on the, visor. Knows the one on the visor. Yeah. So, uh, here's the craziest thing. My biggest advocates now are all of my clients' wives because now they're addicted to being in a clean car, just like they like their house clean but they didn't ever have the experience of a clean car before. So they just thought they had to drive around with makeup everywhere or food on the ground or whatever. Once they get addicted to it, man, there's no going back. Your, your wife can attest. Once you're addicted to a clean home by a professional, you're going to cut a lot of things. I can speak for my own family. We've had the same person for 10 years. She's never gone without. We've gone without some stuff. She's never gone without. She's never known the tough times, the tight times, like it's just the way we live. And so cleanliness is a thing detailers don't talk enough about because 
we want to think we're above daily cleanliness and that we're some higher power and higher being in the world. And we've missed the bread and butter of the car care world. Or maybe not all of us are clean. Yeah. I mean, that that's, I, I think you've hired and fired a lot in, in the car care world. The number one thing that's hard to get people to clean properly is an interior. It's really easy to get somebody to clean an exterior. There gonna be a lot of people that get mad about what I'm saying. It is easier for me to teach a thorough one-step polish because it's move it this many times, this much. I mean, guys that want to talk about paint correction specialists, to be very frank with all of you, and by the way, the top of the top in that world knows my skill, so I don't have to sit here and debate with anybody. Here's what I'm going to tell you. It's easier to teach somebody to polish. I've taught everybody. I've taught a billion people have come onto my staff. I've, I've been in events. You've been around people. You've been in a car wash setting. You've been in dealerships. Interiors, hard as hell to get somebody, and you hit the nail on the head probably, is that what we're looking at is, Got, you know, these guys that are away from interiors just aren't that clean themselves. Yeah, I, I imagine it's got to be tough if you're not. I mean, just the way you were talking about and you're absolutely right. Like, and if people will start to look around at generally the most affluent males that are driving nice vehicles are going to have a cleaner car than anybody else. Oh. And the one that needs it the most is going to be that soccer mom is going to be the one that's in the suburban is going to yep. be like, and so getting her addicted to not having to worry about, because this happens all the time, right? This scenario man gets then into the wife's car and goes, what the fuck is going on here? Yep. Uh, dude, it's happens in my family constantly. <laughs> constantly. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, my cars are so clean. The ones that I drive, my trucks are clean. I don't like sitting in filth. I don't like looking at filth. I don't need to do it. Right. Like, dude, there's so many people that underplay how clean makes people addicted to clean that I can't get across enough. If you get people addicted to your service, that's when you go to the next level. You don't go to the next level for any other reason. And that, that can be paint correction, right? You get with the right clientele that want their cars to look a certain way. That can be that service. More than likely, that leaves you all by yourself working in a shop or working mobily. That's just the statistics. When you can take the whole car and make the whole car great, that's when your business becomes a complete business in detailing. And now... Wives don't care about the paint. Let me, let me clue everybody in on that. Okay. They care where they sit. So when you go, Hey, I'm only going to do paint correction. What you're really saying is, Hey, 50% of the population, I don't even want to have a conversation with you. I don't see how that's beneficial for lots of guys, but I'm sure everybody's smarter than me. You know, they got it figured out. It's okay that you like to do a certain service. We all have a favorite service we like to provide. But the money is really, can you get interior spotless? Because that's what's going to keep giving you the calls back. Yeah. Yeah. 
then there's millions and millions of cars and plenty of opportunity for a lot of people to get the cars regularly cleaned, which is something that you've talked about before, right? If the detailing industry would latch into this, our industry would explode. Yeah. I, look, man, this is nobody's fault, right? Like that's what everybody hears when you say stuff like that. Oh, he's talking about so. No, I'm not. What I'm saying is it's an overall egotistical problem because we don't want to have any association with something that looks like a car wash. So we're just going to lose out on all these billions of dollars because we're above it. Well, the towel company you do business with isn't above it. They sell their, their towels to the car washes. The chemical companies that you do business with that you have been told are in detailing for a zillion years and weren't, they were a car wash company and still are. Go to Meguiar's car wash company, OEM company. That's who they were. This is not a knock on people. There's so many people that are telling you one thing while behind your back doing another. Oh, we're all about detailing. Those fools never detailed a car until 10 years ago. And 50 years before that, their dad was selling car wash equipment and car wash chemicals. They can lie to you all they want, but you're buying it hook, line, and sinker. And instead of everybody coming together and saying, you know, there's like a zillion cars out here. How can we how can we get them into detailing? And then we all can make more money. Because here's how it works. Marty, magically, if we did 10% more cars than we do now, HyperClean would sell more chemicals. Isn't that crazy how that works? Yeah. So why do we need it to be segregated? We don't. We actually need detailers to get more cars for everyone, including the detailer, to make more money. And I'm telling you the way you do it is to get people addicted to cleanliness. It is not from just doing paint correction and coating. It is getting them addicted to driving a clean car. You were at the car wash. Explain to people how many weekly clients during your busy season would come back every week because they wanted what they deemed to be a clean car. Not what was actually clean, not by our standards, but what they deemed to be clean. So if they learned another way, Marty, would they spend their money? Sure they would. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, the, over the years, the p interesting part about car washing is how many of them went into that monthly, right? You just got a monthly subscription, right? Well, let's monthly subscription clean, right? Like, cool. We'll be here this point in time every week. We'll get your car cleaned up. It'll be freshly dialed in. You never experienced dirty. Then you don't really have to have an extractor conversation. You don't have to have a steam conversation. You don't have to have all these problem conversations. Yep. You just have, hey, I got clean, happy customers. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember my, my dad was a religious hand car wash guy. He was particular about his cars, not in the way that we are on our level as detailers, but in his way, which is he was never going to drive a dirty vehicle. He thought it was a sign of how you were. Did you take pride? Wasn't even a car guy, still isn't a car guy, likes cars, but isn't a car guy, but has never in my whole life, even when money was tight, did he drive a minivan that was dirty? He wasn't going to do it. He was going to take pride in that thing, but my dad wasn't the guy that was going to go get the hose. You know, he wasn't going to do that. So whatever the best wash in the area was, and I'll give him credit on this, that's where he went. And his cars were going to be taken care of. And, and that was a way of taking pride. If my dad had known another way, he would have done it. That's how I know it to be true. Because you have a family member like that. You have a friend like that. You have a sibling like that. 
you have somebody that you know if they knew a different way. And this is where everybody gets off kilter. And, and again, this is a fun topic for me because people love to crap on maintenance. I guarantee you nine out of 10 people that think they're professionals came and washed and maintained our customers' fleets of collections with us and their paint correction specialists and they're dialed in paint. They, they can do 58 stage paint correction. They couldn't properly wash a car. A lot of them. And Marty, you know that to be true. You know it to be true. And so that's why I don't crap on car wax. I don't crap on the way people make money in this business. It all has a place. But what we've done is we've alienated all of these customers and all of these different pockets because we think we're too good to do something. The greatest thing I ever did in my career, the biggest regret is I wasn't in chemicals sooner. I've shared that here. Anybody that can get into distribution of chemicals, you should do it. The greatest thing I ever did was get my customers addicted to cleanliness. Because once I did that, I have monthly reoccurring revenue. My guys make a ton of money. My trucks are constantly running. We're not sweating schedule. How many times you've known me for years now, do I talk about, hey, we need to fill our schedule? Those words never come out of my mouth. We're always busy. We've been busy for 10 years. Yeah, true. True, true. All right, man. Good conversation. I think that was super fun. Not everybody would thinks of carpet cleaning like you and I do. So good little, uh, good little thing for people to toss back and forth in their mind and how they can deal with it. So thanks so much, man. Have a great week. All right, brother. See you. See you. Hey, this is Marshall. And you know what? I'm going to ask you, if you will, please, can I ask you for a favor? Just small. Whatever you listen to this on, can you go leave us a review? Leave us a comment. Leave us a rating. More people need to hear what we just talked about. And by you leaving a small little review, letting people know what you learned, it's going to help more people understand the value of being in community. This is Marshall, and I hope you make it. A great day.